0: late lunch with Blackstone Motors now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.
2: Week four, lose weight, feel great, integral, fitness and leisure. Two weeks to go after tonight. Who will we start with? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. It's Alan Fedigan for the scales first. Come this way, Alan, along with Nathan McLaughlin, your personal trainer. Trying to get on the scales. So this is a real good sign, Nathan. He really wants to get on those scales.
3: Yeah, I'm actually really excited. I keep saying the cheeky smile on him. I feel like he had a little sneak look or something because he seems very confident. Last week, he wasn't... As confident we say But he's a big smile on his face So I'm hoping them scales prove us right Just looking at his track record here 12 and a quarter down after a week
2: Another 8 and 3 quarters after the second week Another £4 down last week
3: £25 in total Incredible He is slowing a bit Will he slow again tonight? I think we'll do better than last week tonight. We had a brilliant week. We had Well, we said the target was £3. We'll reach our goal today. That'd be the main thing. Reach our goal of £28. So to do that after a month would be brilliant. But um, I want to push on. I want to get that a little bit more. But I feel about 4 to 5 today, yeah. Don't
2: be reacting like that when you're... Main man says we're going to do better than last week. So he's saying he'll do better than four down. He'd be happy with the three to take to £28, which would be two stone at the four week mark. Would you be very happy with that?
4: Yeah, no pressure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, I'd be happy with three, maybe three, yeah, three will half. I'd be happy. Mm. How was the week? Good, yeah, very good. He, he upped the training this week now, big time. So we went boxing and we had a good session on Saturday morning. And at least actually came in and done it. And, and he kind of pushed us a little
3: bit hard. Can he throw a good hook? He can indeed, yeah. So he started doing a bit of the boxing work and changed up the training completely. So he enjoys it with the boxing. It takes away from the thought of doing the training. You for more focus on the combinations and things like that. So you're getting a good cardio workout in it without thinking about it as such. But uh, we did. We had an amazing week this week. I was really happy. So I'm hoping them scale, scales prove it for us.
2: Food-wise, eating, are you keeping to the good
4: stuff? Minding yourself, no blowouts or anything like that? No, no, this is the fourth week and every every week was perfect, so. I can't complain about the diet end of it. So everything points to another minus on
2: the scales. Let's see what they say. Alan Fedigan weighing in last week at nineteen one and a half. He started at twenty twelve and a half, and tonight Lorraine is having a good long look at the scales. How has he done after four full weeks? Is he down from nineteen one and a half?
5: Just a smidge, Jerry. Will I tell you? Yes. He is now eighteen stone and nine pound.
2: Wow! Wow, folks. 18 stone and £9. So this week he's lost six and a a half. half. Lorraine. You'll confirm that?
5: Yes, £6.5, over the £30, yep.
4: Over £30, well, well. Congratulations to you. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah, I'm delighted. But it started this man here. He said last week that we're going to have to up it and change it and go a little
3: bit harder, and that's exactly what he's done. He's not half the man he used to be. <laughs> no, I'm over the moon with that, absolutely over. And I want to say thanks to Lisa as well, because uh, is Lisa here with us tonight? No, but um, she's really kept on top of him with the day. Like It's made my life an awful lot easier having someone watch his diet. And he's given 110% with the training sessions. This week we did go really hard, so I'm, uh, I'm not surprised at that result.
2: Your daughters are here with you tonight. Look at those two proud young
4: ladies. Yeah, one to be embarrassed. The little one will be more uh, <laughs> happier than the big one now, so... But... OK, so who's embarrassed? Ella.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the head's gone down there. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. She should be so proud of you. What an achievement that has been. I just look at the total weight at the end of four weeks. 31 and a half pounds down.
4: Yeah, and I'm delighted.
2: <laughs> do you hear that? Do you hear, do you hear your fan club and all the others as well who are here with you? They're thrilled for you.
4: Yeah, I'm delighted myself. This man says we get 28 pounds at the start and I two stone, which I was hoping, but... We're delighted now, but as he says himself, next two weeks we'll push on again, please God. He's the poster boy, isn't he, Lorraine?
5: Oh, I'm stunned and amazed. Two, pound, two stone is blown out of the water, Alan. You know, four weeks down, two weeks to go could he hit three Nathan I'm wondering <laughs>
3: well answer that I wouldn't say three but we're going for the record I think it was £38 as the best ever done at LMFM so that's what we have in sight now well that's what I think we can get
2: oh my god this programme is just uh, outstanding it really is this year well Alan congratulations to you again Nathan set the bar for next week £3 pounds. happy with that very happy Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a nice Steady target as well for you for the week ahead. And looking at your record, I wouldn't bet against you blowing that out of the water.
3: No, I definitely think we'll get it. And then the last week will be the big push to get us over that 38.
2: Six and a half, 31 and a half. Alan Fedigan, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God almighty. Isn't that just fantastic? Well done to you, Alan. Congratulations again. Anne Mead, will you follow that please for us? Anne Mead and Connor Tully, her personal trainer, will join us now. And let's see how Anne has fared out over the last seven days. We'll have a little chat as usual beforehand. And we'll start with Connor Tully, her personal trainer. Just reminding everybody, four and a half down after a week, two down the second week, five down last week. Bringing a total of 11 and a half. Connor, are we going to continue that downward spiral tonight with Anne?
3: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we've hit our target this week. We set the the bar at three pounds, so hopefully she's got there. Like She's pushed herself, and we've, with the diet end, we've cut a little ca- few calories out again, bringing it a little bit down on our overall uh, calorie intake for the day, and therefore, hopefully we'll see it on the scales. Well, missus, are we going to see
2: it on the scales, or miss, should I say? I
6: hope so, yeah. We, I worked hard all week. I was pushed hard all week by the all here. Connor was keeping tabs with me all week again with the food. Um, as Alan said there, Lisa came in on Saturday morning and definitely upped the pace on us. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully.
2: Six out of seven you're normally doing. Have you been here every day?
6: I wasn't here on Tuesday, but I did my 5K Tuesday, so...
2: Oh, see, you made up for that. You weren't letting it best you. They're not rest days, they're. Yeah. She doesn't do a rest day, no. This woman does (laughs) rest days, and if she did them, they'd probably be the best rest days in the world, as that saying goes. Anyway, the gym here, you, you really are solid and have been solid with the two boys for the four weeks. Rarely without exception, not to make it here early in the morning.
6: Ah oh, yeah, we just push each other on there all the time. It's only this morning we were saying, What are we going to do in two weeks? <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't be jumping ahead of yourself. Live in the moment, know, Anne. Know. You know, know, this mindfulness yeah. thing. Don't be don't be even thinking about it. Yeah. No,
6: we were just saying this morning, like, such a fantastic way to get through the winter. Mm. Before we finished this morning, it was bright outside. Yes. No, it's fantastic. The winter's gone by the time mm. we're finished. That Brilliant. is
2: the thing about Lose yeah. Weight and Feel Great. We come in the dark just after Christmas, and you yeah. do see yeah. the year opening up, so it's mm. fantastic. Okay, are we ready for this? The tension building.
3: Yeah, it is building, but hopefully now she's she's hit her target, and I, I'm proud of her either way. So, just let's see. Let's see what, see what happens, sense. Connor. Well done to you. So, Anne
2: Mead last week weighing in fifteen five. She was down. to. she started the program off at sixteen two and a half? Can you give us good news, Way Mistress?
5: I'll give you good news. Anne's now weighing in at fifteen stone, a pound and a half.
2: Wow! Another three and a half gone, and you know what that three and a half means? Yes, you're over the stone. She's over the stone, folks. Gone, gone, gone
4: after four weeks.
6: Yeah, I'm delighted with that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I said my target was £3, so I haven't missed out on it yet. We're ahead of the target. Target's target.
4: The original target
2: of a stone, and what was a stone of £4? So just over the stone, but you're nearly there because you're on £15 weight loss, which is a stone and a pound. Great. Yeah.
6: Brilliant, set, the lightest, yeah. Look
2: at the smile on this face. I've never seen a bigger <laughs> smile in my life. will be booking the holiday soon enough, so oh, where are we going? Somewhere sunny, huh? Listen,
6: she'll Definitely. be
2: on the internet tonight looking at new bikinis and everything. Oh, Jesus. There's an increase in business online this evening. But look it, well done to you. It's been a, a tough old road the four weeks, but you've kept at it and you've never let off one bit.
6: Yeah, no, it, it. no doubt it's tough, but as I said in a post there during the week, if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's just about commitment and it's just we never given up. You can't give up. It, I think everyone here knows now I had a really tough second week, a really, really tough second week and I just had to dig deep and should then look at the third week, I guess. So I'm over that hump now, but everyone's human and, you, like, of course you're going to have the dips, but just keep going and if you have a bad day, it doesn't matter. Just get back on the horse and get going again. Now <laughs> you said it.
2: Well, on that horse this week, how much are you going to shed? Three, three, three. It never changes. It's a no-brainer every week. Connor, three? Uh, four. Ah, Good man, <laughs> Connor, Push her. Yeah, we're going to uh, push her. Push her, push her. Definitely. If you get the three, you have your target completely, which is yeah, what you yeah. said. You know, yeah. stone and four Mm. uh, stone and three stone and four you're going to be there so anyway three from Anne four from Connor somewhere Mm. the twain shall meet let's hope in the middle let's hear it for Anne Mead wasn't she just fantastic this week another three and a half gone Lorraine just heading into the break on lose weight and feel great we're going great guns again tonight
5: oh they're great you know Anne never takes that smile off her face I never see her come in here in bad humour or anything no matter what the scales say she's thrilled uh, she, she's absolutely right she had a downer on week two didn't last two minutes because she brought herself back up up to um, level 10 for Connor. and there it is again showing on the scales they're a great crew I say it every
1: week but they're a great
2: crew <laughs> so two weighed in on week four of lose weight and feel great 2019 and we've lost in total three and a half and six and a half another £10 gone incredible back in a couple of minutes on late lunch and we'll find out how Donald Waters and Siobhan O'Neill White have fared out after four weeks. Stay with us. Lose weight Feel Great 2019 two weight two to go this evening after week four. So next up on the scales is Donal Waters and he's standing by along with his personal trainer Anne Marie Stewart who doesn't give him an inch week in, week out. Does he ever
7: complain? Never. Never a complaint, though. And that's what I love about me. He drives nearly an hour every morning to get here and bust his ass every day. No, never complaints. So I'm happy enough with that. And he's always a smiley face coming in the door. <laughs> Not leaving but no, However. <laughs> well he's that's understandable. It? <laughs> he's pushing through <laughs> and he's 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 making me super proud at the minute so. And what do you I,
2: think uh, after the week gone by, no let up from Donald once again? We've had two down already. Will he be number three to reduce the needle on the scales tonight? He
7: will indeed. Now, I'd say he will do well tonight. He's had to been pushing through all week, so I'm happy enough with his progress this week. So, yeah, he definitely dropped.
2: What did you say last week as a target for him?
7: It was three and a half. Okay,
2: last Wasn't week? It? Yeah. Three and, three and a half. Are you happy with that figure?
8: Uh, not now, no. <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah, you were now, a week no,
8: ago. I, I was a week ago. It's been a roller coaster this week, to be honest with you, Jerry. In terms of I'm on the West Coast every single day, and it hasn't changed. It's like where the roller coaster goes down, but this roller coaster actually does it goes up and just stays where it was last week. So, it, it's been uh, it's been a little bit different this week. a little bit, a little bit challenging. In all fairness, though, uh, we had a great circuit training uh, with Ammo, and then uh, Connor took us on uh, Sunday. We had a great. Then back in again today with Ammo for another hour. Um, It was great. Uh, I love the spilling.
2: Now, I want to say something here. You did have a challenging week, and I know you haven't mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it. Your wee daughter was in for a tonsillectomy.
8: Yeah, uh, little Ellie, uh, she's four, and uh, on Friday, was home and all by by Saturday. So I took Saturday off as my rest day, to be honest with you. So so I was here Friday morning, and then straight home, get changed, uh, and we drove to the hospital. uh, And then I actually got her a special toy and a tonsil fairy. uh, You know, she's at that age and didn't I forget to bring the tonsil ferry with me and there was tears going up the car so I actually had to go to the hospital, drive back, which is an hour, and then back again. So, yeah, so the things you do for your family What your a daughter, daddy you, you know, are. That's yeah, great to
2: hear. Well done you know, to you. Fair juice to you. Jail. Anyway, let's see what the scales say. The yeah, scales yeah. will say what they say. You've put in a good week. Come on, everybody's behind aren't they? He's going to do it again this week. I'm going to remind people that Donald Waters began this programme four weeks ago at 16 stone and a quarter. He was down after three weeks to 14, 10 and a half. Over the weeks, it was nine and a quarter down, five down, Four and a half down. He's worried tonight.
5: Nothing to worry about, Jerry. He's now weighing 14 stone and seven pounds.
2: Whoa! He's done it! Fourteen seven. So you're another three and a half down this week. Wow. Brilliant.
8: See, I love targets. I oh, no 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 Listen, no, listen. <laughs> hey,
2: I think you're trying to no, pull no, our no, legs no, here. You're no, trying no, to no, cut no. us, are no, you? No, no,
8: no. Okay, can I say to you just it is getting extremely tough now? Just to get a pound or even an ounce off now at the present moment, people are saying that it's actually my fat turn into muscle. You know that type think that you know, I've actually nothing left, you know. But it's uh, yeah, it's great really at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, yeah, really. Twenty
2: two and a quarter pounds you're down. Am I right on the mats yeah. there, Miss? Rachel Riley?
5: Absolutely 22 and of course, who's
2: Rachel Riley? Rachel Riley? Countdowns Rachel Riley for the love of God. You have the blonde hair you have you, you could go up there and do the maths yourself anytime. I didn't even realise I'm going to put a CV in. <laughs> Why
1: not?
8: There's a national programme on at this moment on a TV station and in my own opinion I think the Loud and Mead uh, counties are probably beaten hands down in terms of on oh, our way to go. Yes, let's hear it for everybody. So, so I think collectively, as a team, i can 't name the show because i don 't get sued, <laughs> but and it is my own opinion. I just want to say that, but I think uh, collectively we are working hard as a group, and loud and Mead should be proud of. Of course, we have a, a
2: transformation in integral fitness and leisure without the operation. Exactly. lose weight and feel great That's every it, week. Yeah. Just knock those scales for six. You are standing there, so proud
7: yes, super proud now and delighted because he didn 't think he was down this week and three and a half down like that was his target. He mm. pushed his target Isis too. He says three and a half, so...
2: Could he make two stone? Now, I'm putting pressure on both of you. There's two weeks left. He's on what, 22, did I say? 22 and a quarter. 22 and a quarter down. So five and three quarters over a
7: fortnight. Is it possible? Well, I want that to happen, yeah. That's, that's my target. I want them two stone down because that was, that was literally your target when you started. So I want it down. And to make him happier, so yeah, we're getting it.
8: Okay, okay. Listen, I want world peace as well, but you know, it's all, yeah. Uh, to, to, to little thing—I've been—I—I uh, I, I have been apprehensive uh, this week. Uh, this week, and on Friday, you start drinking apple cider vinegar. You know, what these people think these were born fat. I'm going to come off that. I'm going to listen to, and I'm going to stick to the regime, and and always, as Lorraine said, stick to the stick to the plan, yeah. stick to the diet, stick to your training, and it will come off. And and you know, listen, it's a, it's another goal to do. If I do, I, I really want to do it, and ho- hopefully, it will. You know,
2: let's leave that as the target based over the next couple of weeks. Let's hear it again for Donal Waters. He's done it again, down three and a half. Three down, one to go. Last weighing tonight is Siobhan O'Neill-White, and she's going to join me now with our personal trainer, Fran Manish. First off, you're walking very gingerly towards yeah. the scales, which tells me there's something up.
10: I just have a bit of a twinge in my back, um, and I and I don't even know what I did or how I did it, because I was training on Saturday, did a great class with Guy in, in Bettystown called Fear, which you should be afraid. But I did the class for an hour and then I went into the steam room and I stretched, and honestly, I was grand. And then Saturday evening, it was a bit stiff. And then I got out of the... Well, I tried to get out of the bed Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, I can't get out of bed. So um, a little bit, yeah. It just must have pulled something or something So have something. you
2: done nothing then since you felt this? Have you just eased off now?
10: I did. I did some walking. I spoke to Fran. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Now I you asked... Walking's
11: yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah? Yeah, walking, walking
11: okay? It's fine. Or we, we suggested maybe the poo, but I yeah. think in the end she chose no. to go... F-
2: for a mm. walk, so pool tomorrow.
11: Yeah. Pool
6: tomorrow.
2: No strenuous exercise at the moment.
11: Uh, we'll we'll. I'll take it day by day, Jerry. To be honest, because we've only two weeks left, so I want to take it day by day. Mm. Yeah.
10: This these kind of things happen, and the first thing I did was I text Fran and I told her and I said, okay, what will I do? What will I not do? And as I've said, I will do whatever the guys mm. ask me to do. I signed up for this i'm giving it everything i can and i will do everything i can this week we cut out carbs because i didn't have a great weigh-in last week and it was hard for the first couple of days i was like who am i what's my name and then i put, i went into a petrol station and i put petrol i prepaid for petrol and i drove off without putting the petrol in i had to go back and i was like i think i need a bread roll do you know you didn't. What? Of course I didn't. And there but then on the flip side, lovely things are happening as well. So I can feel my shape is changing.
2: Will she be down?
11: Yes, she has to be down. Say a number.
2: <laughs> she has to be okay, don't say a number. Okay. I'll give you that. We there won't say pressure. a number because look at you've had this last <laughs> few days where you've had to ease off. I understand that. But look at go onto those scales there and let's see what they say for Siobhan and Eli. Come on, give her a plenty of encouragement. Come on, we wanna hear it. We wanna hear it. After a week, down four. After two weeks, down three and a half. Last week, down a half. Eight down in total again. The scale said 12, six and a half for Siobhan O'Neill-White a week ago. Do they say less? They say less. That's all I want to hear. She's down, she's down, she's down. What do they say? 12 stone, five and a half pounds. So we're down a pound. OK, down a pound. Well done to you. Come on. Well Everybody is down. You're continuing to drop the weight as well. Happy with that, Fran?
11: Um, not really.
2: <laughs> it could be more.
11: Uh, it could I be know. more, but, you know, si- Siobhan has had a few issues with obviously her back now and her knees and that but listen we will work around it every successful weight loss has to be has preparation we have prepared a lot this week but we'll keep going i have taken her off a lot of foods as well so maybe her body's adjusting to that Um, and we will keep going yeah we won't give up we've two weeks to go Nine pounds down with yeah. two
2: weeks to go. So that means for you to hit a stone, you okay. need five in All two right. weeks, which is two and a half each week. Yeah. Is that possible?
11: It is possible. Of course, it's possible. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah yeah Do you think you could do the five? Do you think you can hit this stone?
10: I'm doing. I am doing everything the guys yes. asked me to do. This week, I've cut out carbs. I've I've actually worked out six times this week. So the only day that I didn't. Well, actually, five. I didn't do yesterday or today. I was in yeah. the gym Saturday morning at half nine. I'm definitely putting the work you'll in. You'll just
2: have to temper it this week because yeah. if your back's up at you, you'll have to mind that as no, well will, and I work will. at it in alternative will, ways. I and I know Fran and the crew here will do that with you. So we won't set a target for you for next week, but we will say, let's try and do that, as I said a moment yeah, ago, yeah. to Donald, If you could get that, five is quite a lot, I know, over two weeks for you. Uh, but you've done four, you've done three and a half in a week in the past. So yeah, yeah. you can do it.
10: Well, I, I, I'm, I'm doing whatever I've been told yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot, Jerry. I'm, yeah. I'm doing my best. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, the best. Yeah. I haven't had carbs. I worked out five times, out of five days out of seven. I'm not sure what much more I can do, but I will do whatever the guys ask me to do. Over to you. Yeah, I want a lot more.
11: <laughs> I want a lot more text messages. This this week has been hilarious with text messages, hasn't it, Siobhan? A lot of text messages. <laughs> yeah. um, so, can I have a cracker bread? No. Okay, all
2: right. I won't have a cracker bread. Is that it means, down to that?
11: It is down to it's, that. Um, 21 calories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll just have to keep... Uh, more of a watchful eye. I am keeping a watchful eye, but we'll just probably have to be a little bit more strict again. Okay, and, yeah.
2: Okay, look. Wish you both well. Back here. No, okay. we're not. We're in Carlingford for the oh, way yeah. in I want to okay. remind everybody next okay. Sunday. So you have between now and Sunday to get cracking again. Wish you well with the week yeah. ahead. Okay. Good luck to you. You're down again, yeah. Siobhan O'Neill White, folks. Down nine pounds <laughs> over the first four weeks. Thank you very much you. indeed. Anyway, Lorraine, let's wrap it up for tonight.
5: Open it up, Jerry, with a healthy uh, stone. Lost week. by yeah. everybody. Yeah, over Terrific. a stone, £14.5 this week. But to note that overall, all the guys have lost £86 pounds in just four
2: weeks. Great.
5: They're, they yeah. really are a credit to themselves. We are very, very proud of them. Um, they're doing the best they can. What can we ask for? We can't ask no for any more. No more,
2: no more, and that's all they can do. Anyway, it's onwards and downwards Yay. to Carlingford, next stop. Yes. And we're going to?
5: Going to Carlingford Adventure Centre, to Sky Park. We have a day set out for us adrian mcgreevy who's the owner there has everything ready for us to go i have to mention chopped who are feeding us on the day their grand opening is coming up also this week so on the day um i'm going to keep secret what we're going to do on the day because we are going to bring down a video camera and take photos and we will do some airing on your show obviously uh, on the tuesday jerry but it's going to be a super fun day and please god the scales will be in the boot of my car and we'll see what they say
2: we will indeed Well done to everybody again tonight We leave Integral Fitness and Leisure at the end of week 4 Very happy indeed with everybody All down, down, down Carlingford, here we come Yes Carlingford, see you on Sunday Fantastic achievement by one and all And we are knocking the pounds out of the ground That's for sure I think we're going to set a new record this year On lose weight and feel great Ah oh, I was so sad when I heard the news today About Gordon Banks
6: I know, and I'm so sorry I didn't realise who he was, uh, Jerry.
2: But listen, listen, hold on a minute. That's understandable. But I saw a lovely message from Kevin Stewart. Want wanted to say hello to Kevin this afternoon in uh, Meath County Council. And he was just saying, remember that save from Pele's header in the 1970 World Cup match? To this day, Pele says he still thinks he scored. I remember it well. Back in the day, everyone that was shoved into goals in the playground in Minaldi National School wanted to be banks. He was a legend. He certainly was a legend. were oh, you I like that. Say, ah, oh my God! I was. I-, I used to play goals a bit, left full back or goals. But I remember when I was in goals, when you would dive and make a save, you'd say, "Banks." <laughs> 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 because you were Gordon Banks, he was our hero. He was the greatest goalkeeper in Even the world. Even though you
5: didn't support whatever team he was, it didn't with.
2: matter. It was just that that save, especially in nineteen seventy, because that's the first World Cup I really remember, uh, was just unbelievable. It's still to today. No one knows how he actually made the save. And you know, afterwards, then he had shocking bad luck in his life. He lost an eye for oh, no. a goalkeeper and he had to retire early but he played an awful lot of games in the World Cup at England in 66 and 70 again they should have probably won it in 70 Did you ever
6: fa- make any good saves like that? Oh I did I, did I did I made
2: a few in my time I made a few howlers as well as goalkeepers <laughs> always do but that was the thing it, they, lads would remember that if you were in goals you'd dive and make the save you know we would be playing down in Murray's Field it was a field near where I lived there It'd be Georgian close now in draw out of people living there that was Moray's Field we played there every you're we in goal and you dive and you made the save. You'd say it when you made the save. You'd just say that name, Banks, Yeah, with the save because he was the greatest keeper in our era in that time I as think well. we were
6: just talking there. I think you had a fantastic childhood. I had a bit of a one, all right.
2: <laughs> I yeah,
5: we
6: tears would be rolling down my eyes. <laughs>
2: we'll come back to it. We will come back to it someday. God, I had some adventures. A very happy childhood, I have to say. Really, really happy childhood. And uh, that's one of the memories of that time, playing football, kicking around. Next goal wins 20-all, Louise, after I don't know how long as the sun went down on summer evenings. Next goal wins 21-22 and the sweat rolling Could out again. In the dark. Oh, well, we do our best. Floodlight's me backside, you wouldn't see them then. Just on an aside, I cut my grass the weekend. I cut my grass. This early. Unbelievable. I never cut grass before in February. It just got the better of me and I went out and took and the top off it.
10: What happens now in the next few weeks if we've really really bad frost? Oh, well, it'll just Does that stop. Affect the, it? Yeah, yeah. Kill well, the grass?
2: No, no, it'll just oh. stop the growth. But uh, had I left it till March when I normally started be a meadow, I'd need goats in to start eating it or something. But I cut it, but I have to tell you my front lawn is not a lawn. It's just a bed of moss. I've never seen anything like the moss in the garden this year and I'm going to have to tackle it. Any ideas, anyone out there, how to tackle moss in a lawn? What's the best treatment for it? What should I do? Cement it. No, no. I'm
6: only kidding, I'm only kidding.
2: Good job you're only kidding there. My God, I'd have lost the life of myself. I love the green. (laughs) Anyway, moss in a lawn. Any ideas? 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Up next on the show, an astronomer from County Meath.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk
2: My next guest's interest in astronomy began when he was just five his passion for all things in the solar system and beyond was affirmed when at ten his dad gifted him a telescope Mike Foylan is today a keen amateur astronomer with his own observatory in Ratmaloyne in County Meath Bet you didn't know that one. And he's my guest for the next while on Late Launch. Mike, you're very welcome to the show.
12: Thank you so much, Sherry. It's great to be here.
2: It's great to have you with us. Do you honestly remember, can you think back to that time when you were five and all this began? Yes?
12: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, some memories stay with us for a very long time. And my first kind of memory of how it got started in this was walking down the streets of Trim, you know, way, way, way back of course trim was smaller town back then less light pollution and i remember this kind of was a really crisp clear night the stars were out no moon and it's just like wow looking into the cosmos and that kind of really sparked me to learn more about the universe so that's kind of where
2: it started from, you know. So that's quite clear in your yeah, mind. And the way yeah. you went from there, doing your research. And, and those times you hadn't missed or Google or been no, able to no, look at anything. No, you had no. to work hard at this, we, I'm we, sure.
12: We did, we did. And I, I actually joined the local library. I was about seven years of age. And uh, the first thing I went for was books on space. I, I just had to know some answers because, you know, you ask some of the adults and they wouldn't really know, they wouldn't have the interest, or they just didn't know I said, but there has to be answers. The library is a great place, you know. So I went to the library and I searched all the books. I read as much as I could. And the answers actually astounded me because I found out the sun is actually a star. It's our closest star. And we live on a planet that goes around the sun. And um, I went, wow, this is amazing, you know. And there may be other solar systems throughout the galaxy. So all this kind of stuff was going to go through my head. And I just got more and more hooped on it.
2: And as I said, when your dad bought you the telescope when you were 10 years of age, because you and I were talking a moment ago, mm. when you look up at the sky with the naked eye from your back garden, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, and you yes. can see an awful lot. Oh, yes. But it must have been a revelation to get a telescope.
12: I, I was so excited, Jerry. right? <laughs> but of course, in Ireland, it rains for a week when you get a telescope, okay? So I have to wait and wait, and I was just so frustrating. But no, the sky is still clear, and I remember looking at Saturn. Okay, Saturn is a ring planet. It's absolutely beautiful in a telescope. Jupiter, you can see the disk very clearly. You can see the four main moons, Galilean moons. And uh, this is just amazing uh, stuff to me, you know. And it's got more and more kind of hooked on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, not surprising. I can just see the joy in your face still as you recall that opening up of a new vista for you. Will you just explain for listeners like mm-hmm. Our solar system, the one that we're familiar with, the eight planets plus this planet nine now, as you said, the sun, yeah. the greatest star in it, that's a solar system.
12: There are other solar systems? Oh, yeah. Now, this is being confirmed, actually, Jerry, uh through the what's called a Kepler Space Telescope. So, Kepler um, stared at one patch of sky in the constellation of Cygnus, which is in, you know, it's in, it's in actually the plane of the the Milky Way galaxy where we live. And what I found there was actually quite amazing. It found around 4,000 other stars that have confirmed planets actually going around them, so they're called exoplanets. And some of those planets actually are more or less the same size as Earth. Earth like. Now, it may not be exactly like Earth, but they're in that kind of region. Yes. They also orbit within a certain distance of, of their um, parent star. So the conditions may be correct. For um, maybe even basic life to form, but again, it's it's all we know is okay. Look, you know, we we found planets, we found lots of them, but the potential um, is there for possible life and maybe even advanced life. So you
2: isn't know, isn't that interesting? Very. So, to get our heads around space, look at this confined space uh-huh. we are in today. And sure, it isn't even a, a grain of sand on a beach when it comes to mm-hmm. talking about space. Is it infinite? Does this go on forever, do you think?
12: That's one of the big questions in cosmology, actually, Jerry, yeah. So, you know, when people ask me, hey, hey, Michael, you know, how big is the universe? Well, you kind of have to bring things kind of back down to Earth, okay? So, you can imagine, Jerry, okay, you're walking around, you're walking down Betty Sand Beach, okay? You pick up a handful of sand, okay? So many grains of sand you think is in your hand. Thousands, millions maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's about 10,000, that on average, okay? Okay, 10,000. Okay, 10, now, 10,000 turns out to be roughly what we could see stars, individual stars on a clear moonless night from your backyard, okay? However, <clears throat> if we then ask you, Jerry, okay, what's the amount of grains on Bay Sand Beach, how many? You could say, oh, there's tens of hundreds of millions. Something.
2: Oh, trillions. Yeah,
12: so... All the beaches and all over the world, all the grains, there's still not enough as the amount of stars in the known universe. That's the kind of numbers we're dealing with, okay? Well, that so, puts them in perspective, yeah, doesn't uh, it really? Well, exactly, exactly, yeah. So we, we live, the solar system, as you talked about, Jerry, is actually part of a larger structure called the galaxy. So we live in the Milky Way galaxy. Now, the sun is a star, like I said, but it's, it's one of about 400 billion stars, and there's just one galaxy alone. So the Milky Way galaxy is part of an, a larger group called the Local Group of Galaxies, which consists of about 55 galaxies, all moving through space together. So, and that's only one small cluster of galaxies.
2: So at the very top is the universe, that's everything. Uh-huh. Then within that you have all these galaxies, yes. Milky Ways, uh, solar systems, and then into planet Earth. Yes, So that's sort of a, a <laughs> rudimentary explanation of, of yeah. w- w- what we're looking at here. Yeah. Do you do you ever consider in in astronomy, you know, mankind and mm. where humans came from? And is there any explanation in your field about human beings and life?
12: No, again, it's one of the great mysteries, actually, Jerry, because when the Earth was formed about, you know, the solar system about 4.7 billion years ago, um, you know, life didn't appear here till much later. It wasn't until about maybe 500 million years ago that, that there was an explosion of life called the Cambrian Explosion. And suddenly, you know, more advanced life forms, when I talk about more advanced, multicellular life forms appeared on the scene. And then over that 500 million years have evolved into higher form um, animals and plants and so forth. So it kind of ended up with, with us. So, you know, you have, a, you have a big gap where actually maybe not much has happened that all of a sudden. Life, life has appeared. Now, there's no firm explanation, as, you know, or, or, or answer for that. You know, we're still kind of working on that. You know, some say that you know the, the basics for life came from space, uh, in, in comets. So comets bring this basic building blocks of life, land on the primitive earth, and then you know somehow it, it, it develops over a very long time. So
2: that's one explanation. Yeah, and it obviously uh, gives way for the explanation of the faiths and beliefs and religions that this was actually, life may have been created by a greater power. Yeah. So there, there is scope for that as oh, well yes, in, yes. In, in, in considering everything. Mm-hmm. Um, where we sit here on this earth, life... It's fragile. It it has to be fragile when you talk about what's out there. And that brings me on to the point that we often hear in the news. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, a meteorite or something has come close to Earth or flown close by. Are we in danger, maybe at some stage in the future, of being struck and maybe life being wiped out? Oh, it's a
12: strong Well, it's a possibility, Jerry. I mean, if we look back through our geological history, okay, so about 65 million years ago, uh, a very large object, comet or asteroid, hit the Earth. And that actually wiped out the dinosaurs. So that, that had huge devastation. It was a huge mass extinction. So many, many life forms are wiped out, you know, like I said, including the dinosaurs. So, you know, these things do happen. Now, it's extremely rare. I mean, this may not happen again for a very, 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 very long time. Yes. But the other objects that do come close to Earth. Now, we have categorized about maybe, we do know the orbits around 800,000. But within that um, 800,000, there, there are smaller groups um, uh, called near-Earth objects. Okay, so these are about, you know, one kilometre or more that could potentially uh, causes problems. Now, so don't worry, I'm not, you know, the listeners, you know, sleep well tonight. You know, don't need to worry. <laughs> okay. But uh, we're not any, you know,
9: uh, more. danger we,
12: we, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, however, you know, you know, things do happen. For example, back in um, 1908 in Tunguska in, in Russia, Uh, a comet uh, hit a remote part of Siberia. Now, the energy that that gave off was about 25 megaton. Okay. now this is enough to, if this went off over Dublin, I mean, there'd be nothing left of Dublin. It'd just be completely wiped off.
2: Like a massive nuclear explosion. It's a nuclear explosion.
12: It's equivalent of a a very large nuclear explosion. Correct. Okay.
2: And that thing wasn't that big that caused that. It was the energy in it, wasn't it?
12: Yeah, because it travels so fast. I mean, these things come in and hit the Earth at around 135,000 miles per hour. I mean, it's just huge speeds. Now, the uh, Tunguska was about 108 metres in diameter. But it's just that mass, travelling, this huge velocity would have a huge amount of energy uh, to cause that devastation. Now, lucky no one was killed. Lots of, you know, wildlife was, was uh, wiped out and, and, and trees and forests and so forth. But no one was
2: killed. Don't start ringing us now or ringing anybody up. Are you listening today? There is, I repeat again, no imminent no danger imminent at this danger. point in time. <laughs> but when you're observing, and I take it, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. your dad presented you with that gift of the first telescope. You've obviously changed telescopes yes. since then, and you have a a powerful one in Rat Maloyne. Mm-hmm. Do you look out there every night, frequently? How addicted to this are you? Yeah, well... <laughs> Irish weather, you know,
12: not being renowned for, ast- <laughs> for astronomy, a lot of time it's cloudy. Okay. So, you know... That's
2: but, number one. Num- yeah, that stops you in your tracks. That's the problem, okay. okay.
12: <laughs> but, you know, when you do have a nice kind of, especially during the winter time, you have a nice kind of long, crisp, clear night, mm. you know, and the moon's out of the way. It's, uh, it's amazing what you can see. Even with a small telescope, uh, Jerry. So, like, my telescope is what you would find typically with an amateur astronomer. It's an 8-inch telescope. So, you know, they're, they're quite common uh, amongst amateur astronomers. But uh, what, what I've actually done, i put on a very sensitive camera. So obviously it's much more sensitive than the human eye. So it will pick up fainter and fainter and fainter objects. So you can see deeper and deeper and deeper into space or look for those fainter asteroids. So it's quite useful for me to have a camera on the end of the telescope.
2: Did you ever have an event that you can, I'm sure you have, that you saw something and thought, wow. Yeah. There's something happening here, something really different.
12: Yeah. You know, I, all always happened, Jerry. I mean, um, you know, in, in science, you know, when you make a discovery, it's like, wow, this is a great discovery. It's like, you no, know, scientists say, wow, that's a bit strange or that's a bit <laughs> weird. So I have, you know, discovered about four new binary star systems, quite by accident. You know, you're working on something like an asteroid, but then you pick up this new binary system in the data and then you kind of look well, wow, that's strange, what's causing this kind of dip in brightness, you know, you go to investigate it and you made a new discovery so there's still room for amateur astronomers like myself, for ordinary people, you know, to make discoveries and do some valuable scientific work, you know. Isn't
2: that brilliant? And then you feed into the greater uh, family here in Ireland and then it feeds into the uh, unit I was going to say the universe, yeah. the world family <laughs> of astronomers yes. as well. Yeah. Isn't this lad very interesting? Mike Foylan he's from County Mead. He has an observatory an official one in Ratmaline Now there's something strange beside him here in the desk, <laughs> but don't go anywhere okay. he's going to take a short break and he's going to tell me what it is in a couple of moments Astronomer Mike Foylan's with me on late launch, well, take me out of my misery and I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are wondering as well, what have they been talking about in there? What is this he has on the desk? What is it?
12: Okay, Jerry. so I know our listeners have to use some imagination, imagination here. So this is actually a piece of an asteroid. So this was once an orbit between um, Mars and Jupiter. So it made its way to Earth and it, it became what's known as a meteorite. So this was found in the Sahara Desert. So what I have here in my hand, Jerry, and you can feel it, you can feel it, it's, it's, it's a very dense kind of rock, okay? Yeah. Um, it's is material that's actually far older than anything you can find on Earth. So this is about 4.6 billion years old, what you have in your hands, Jerry. Right? Most material on Earth is either being recycled, it's being weathered, it's being changed through volcanic processes and so forth. But this is pristine, primitive material um, from the asteroid belt. Uh, it is very
2: dense and heavy for its size. Oh, and look! Is, it's see. magnetic. It's is magnetic it? as well, so you can see it with the magnet. I just see that. Yeah. It, Mike's just giving me a little uh, ring of metal here, and it just sticks to it there. Look, you can you can hear it. It just sticks there. Look twice there. I've just and it caught it. So it's magnetic as well for its size. It's it's dense, isn't it? The it's weight of it. It's quite dense. It's yeah.
12: much more dense than say your average kind of uh, earth rock. Um, you know some of the signs so you can see it's kind of black in on the one end, so as it's come through the atmosphere at very high speeds, it kind of partially melts the the meteorite as well, so you can see what's called a fusion crust on on it there on the edge of, it and, the and it's sort of
2: red rock the other yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. It's very interesting.
12: So, this is, tell me the age again. It's about 4.6 billion years old. <laughs> I'll never have
2: the privilege it's of holding it really anything yeah, as old was. ever, I'm sure, again <laughs> in my lifetime. God, it's, can you imagine that, even with the density in that little piece? And we said earlier on with what hit Russia. Can you yeah. imagine something sizable of that density hitting the earth at oh, the speed yes. you mentioned?
12: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we look back to 2013. Again, now Russia, unfortunately the brunt of another event. That's right. So in, in Sheblings, in, in Russia. So a 17-meter object came in, um, traveling with 29 kilometers a second. It's phenomenal speed. So as it hit the atmosphere, of course, it starts to burn up. And as it gets a lower and lower, the atmosphere it gets denser and denser. You know, the air gets denser, of course. And uh, at one stage, actually, the object became brighter than the sun. Okay, and as made its way through the atmosphere, begin to break up and, and ablate, and so forth. Pieces would fall off and land on the ground. So many people in the area went out to have a look at the object. So what's going on here? There's this bright object in the sky and this long smoke trade in the sky as well. But of course, you know, sound travels a million times less than the speed of light. So while people were looking through the windows and outside, the, the sound waves came next. The pressure waves came next minutes later, and of course, windows imploded. Buildings, some buildings collapse. So there's about 1,500 people actually injured because of this event. Now, thankfully, no one died, but it goes to show you, you know, and this came out of the blue. Mm -hmm. We weren't expecting this at all. So it turns out it was actually what's called an Apollo class asteroid. So these are actually near Earth objects. We know about them, but just this one just came out of the blue and it can happen.
2: Yeah. Amazing. It just shows you the uncertainty as well. But anyway, uh, moving on, and it's not going to happen tonight, we say again, <laughs> for sure. Um, what do you make of Voyager 1 and the recent events around it? It set off from this planet in 1977, a long, long time ago. Were you as excited as everybody else, you know, who's involved in the team, you know, that monitor that from earth here oh for sure for sure
12: Jerry I mean you know not only the Voyagers but also around the same time the Pioneer probes as well mm. so these were really like a message in a bottle you know the Voyager probes carried these plaques uh, had actually a golden record on it as well on them so if some alien <laughs> found them instructions for on this record to play them and uh, the sounds of the earth, recordings of people and songs and so forth. You know, so these were like a message in the bottle. But you know, apart from that, um, they give us back some absolutely fabulous data of the planets. I mean, from from Earth to our hazy atmosphere, it's it's very hard to get really good resolution, very good detail. So we send space probes out into the solar system up close and personal so we get some really really good data not only images but also like um, data to do with the, the magnetic uh, sphere of the planets and measurements and other other kind of scientific measurements we need to do so we've got a lot of data back from from um, these space probes of course now Voyager 1 has um, is the furthest spacecraft there is so far and that's just begun gone beyond um, the edge of our solar system it's actually gone into interstellar space now at this stage so it's our first interstellar traveller
2: isn't that amazing? I'm just thinking today as well, if you could send something out with the advances, when you think back in 77, when Voyager mm-hmm. 1 headed off first, and there have been many since, but even today, what, what that will bring to future generations, yes. you know, knowledge of, of what's out there as well. What do you make of, you know, the plan to send man to Mars and maybe set up a colony there? Have you any thoughts on that?
12: Yeah, I'm a bit dubious about that one, Jerry. I mean, my personal opinion is we should be looking more towards the moon course we've been there so it kind of makes sense to me let's let's go revisit the moon let's actually work together not just one country but let's 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 a good number of countries work together because we do have the technology we we could do it we just seem to be lacking the will kind of to do it but we could do it if we really wanted to do it but mars is a one-way ticket it seems to be yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah I mean once you get there you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're there on whereas the moon you exactly. know we can go yeah. and
2: come back and we've yeah. proven, proven that in the past when you look at our let's talk about our own solar system mm-hmm. for, for the moment and the inner solar system Mercury Venus Earth and then you go to the outer ones Mars Jupiter Saturn Uranus Neptune and this new planet
5: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact
2: Which of them fascinates you most? I think it has to be Mars, Jerry. Why?
12: Because um, it showed at one time that Mars had a, was actually a water world at one time. We found geological clues on Mars to say it was a much wetter world than it is today. But something's happened along the way over time. I mean, it's lost most of its atmosphere. You know, any water it's had, it's either gone or it's kind of deep on the ground. But it's it's um, it, it, I can imagine the future, not, not, not the near future, but maybe, you know, a good bit down the line, you know, we could go there in a safe manner and really explore in depth Mars because it's such a fascinating world.
2: Mm. Yeah. What about UFOs and the reporting of those? Does that come onto your radar at all? Have you seen anything looking through that <laughs> telescope that suggests, oh, yes. Yeah.
12: Well, I, I've given a number of talks, actually, Jerry. you know, um, you know, just, just kind of general talks about astronomy. And I find that young people are the they get the best questions out there, okay? They can really stump you, okay? And what young people really want to know is, hey, is there anyone else out there, you know? And, you know, and the way I kind of put it is talking about the grains of sand, you know, just far more stars and all the grains of sand, all the beaches on the planet Earth. So if it's just a matter of numbers, uh, there has to be other people out there. Um, So with these exoplanets we've discovered as well, we know there's planets there, we know this potential there for life as well, so we just can't exclude fully and say hey, we're the only ones in the entire universe
2: i'm just thinking here, could that be them sending something our way? you know that's a probe like the probes we are sending out that somebody sees something that could be wandering around yeah oh planet well, Earth. You know,
12: it's, it's a possible right okay, so you know our sun actually Jerry you know was about as I said about four and a half billion years old, but we also found other stars in the galaxy that are much much older, twelve thirteen billion years old, so you can imagine you know. People uh, evolving on these planets way, way back. I mean, some civilizations may possibly have be billions of years ahead of us. I mean, we just can't exclude that either. Um, so you know, it is a possibility that, like us, you know, they send probes out faster, smarter probes. Who's to say that these guys, you know, if they do exist, don't do something similar out into the galaxy? And uh, you know,
2: it's it's a possibility. I'm listening to you, and I think there are more questions than answers. <laughs> I suppose, and that's the fascinating thing yes, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, absolutely. You know, intrigues you and yeah. and many others as well. Mm-hmm. If people want to find out a bit more about you and follow you, Mike, how mm-hmm. do they?
12: Yeah, well, you know, again, you know, Facebook is uh, is is a great media. So I have a, a web page there um, called just called Cherry Valley Observatory. Uh, you know, I do kind of put up you know stories and and interesting bits on it. So if anyone wants to kind of, yeah, come on Facebook, you know, look me up. um, It'd be
2: great. Cherry Valley Observatory is the name if you want to check it out. Mike Foylan, you've been listening to with me on Late Lunch. It's fascinating. I'm delighted you came to me today. (laughs) And this is really special to take (laughs) this little piece of something that's existed for,
12: how long did you say? About four and a half billion years My,
2: old. oh yeah. my, what a privilege to <laughs> hold this today. We'll have to get a picture of you and me and this for sure. It'll never happen again. <laughs> for the moment, Mike Foyland, thank you for dropping in. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.
2: It's our motoring man on Late Lunch. Yes, Tony Connan is back with us for the month of February. And each month this year, we are featuring one of our local dealers here in the northeast. And I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon, a man who's well known to many and hasn't he a great mark? Yes, Michael Holcroft is with us from Holcroft Motors as well, main Peugeot dealers. Michael, you're very welcome to the show. Thank
13: you very much. Thanks for joining
2: us today. And we're going to talk about Peugeot in a minute. But first up, Tony, you have the best... Job in the world. I always say, <laughs> so it. You say it. I look, and here he is. We in Portugal, wasn't we? Lisbon last week. Like oh, it. you yeah. lucky duck! But you were there for a very important reason. I
14: was. I was there to drive the latest Micro Nissan Micro, which uh, has gone through a, a new engine change and a new introduction of an automatic transmission, because they didn't have automatic in the latest uh, Micro when it was launched just about two years ago. And then, of course, their Nissan Connect system, the, the, the whole IT. Uh, system within the car has been changed too. So first to the new engines, like it's a new one-litre engine replacing the 0.9-litre. Brake horsepower is up to about 198 uh, brake horsepower in the one-litre, and then there's another one-litre in, the, in the called the N Sport, which is, is a warm hatch. Rather than a hot hatch, what do you mean by that? Warm meaning it doesn't produce the same uh, mighty brake horsepower as the Fiesta ST, for example. But, but you know for the scenarios we live in and drive every day of the week, it was hugely entertaining and, and very enjoyable and everything. And the, the performance of 117 brake horsepower, but it only come on here special order, so we go it at that. And we we concentrate on the one litre which is a huge change. Mm. And the reckon now by 2022, uh, and Michael might agree with this or harder too, but by 2022 that the about 30% of micro sales will be automatic and I see that gone in recently with the new uh, 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 Suzuki Vitara we drove a a very experienced colleague of mine and the two of us came away and we drove last week in Lisbon together and we came away saying the nicest drive of the whole lot was the automatic transmission that's attached to the one litre engine
2: in both Vehicles believe now what, What's your that, view on that Like automatics And, and you know That would be regarded As a small engine Whereas automatic yeah. Was traditionally In mm. the bigger
13: But automatic Would be coming in In a huge way yeah, so it would, yeah, yeah Yes it would be coming in There's more and more Of it coming So there
2: is And def- you expect This is the way Of the world In the future
13: well, I would, yes. Mm. I would,
2: yes. It's a little bit different to drive an automatic car, isn't it, than a geared
13: car? It
14: is, but when you say automatic, there's an automatic called a CBT, continuous variable transmission. Now, when they came out first, they're kind of a lasting band job. They sounded like a pig being brought to the slaughterhouse. It was absolute. They were whining, whining, whining. It was a dreadful drive. But now if this one stepped, the technology that Peugeot, or sorry, the Peugeot, this one, I should say, and Mitsubishi and Renault, that, that brought the people that are giant together to have a connection, the, the, the technology that brought to this auto Is indeed very, very welcome and very interesting. And the car automatic one is in here. The five-speed manual to the new engine won't be into the end of the year. And the N Sport, as I mentioned to you, is a special order. And the Nissan Connect system, which is basically has everything there, but guard by the kitchen sink from a technology perspective, Jerry. So the automatic is in now. And from a self-drive perspective, and from people that need an automatic. Let me tell
2: you, it's a nice car. Can I say about the the micro? just a few things? It was a dowdy car for years. Oh, my God. I don't know what Nissan ever did with it. Because we had a little Nissan many moons ago, and it was a lovely little thing and a grand shape. Uh, they lost the run of themselves, or the designers did, because you wouldn't even look at it. It lacked features as well for a long time. But my God, when you look at this new model now, it's a night turner isn't it? And, and it's sophisticated. I have an article
14: going in, I just can't see where it was but I said all versions. Like I'm glad they kept the name Micra, because initially it, 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 it represented... Ease of drive, and it was a kind of an interesting car. But then there was the Mark IV version, just the Mark V. The Mark IV was, I totally agree with you, it was a boring car. Oh, my God. Very boring.
2: Yeah, it was. Know. And one, one last thing about it before we move on. Certainly. Against the Fiesta and the Polo, you know, who yes. are two biggies in yes. that segment yes. as well. Yes. How would this f- fare against them?
14: Well, well Gerry, like it's down to a likeness, really, there. You know, the Polo is a very exceptional good mm. car. It's down to money, too. The Fiesta is an extremely good car. <coughs> but it's what people like and the deal you're actually going. So it's going to buy down here. Buying either of them three cars, you're not going to make uh, any mistake. But it's down to what the package you get. Mm. There's lovely options on the Nissan, I find. Like, for example, there's a head a head speaker system built into the, speakers built into the head, headrests. And they're... 500 quid to buy, like on there's a lot of nice aspects of the car. The new car is very sharp, it's amazingly uh, spacious uh, from an interior perspective and leg room and all that shoulder room and between driver and passenger. So it boils down to the lightness. What's there? You will not be making a mistake with any of them three you mentioned, by mm. the way. Okay, you like this car? I like the car, I like the automatic, certainly. ninety nine nine five starting.
2: Okay. If you have any questions for Tony today, don't forget, you always can put them to us this afternoon. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Michael Holcroft is with us this afternoon. You're very welcome, as I said a few moments ago, Michael, to the show. Maybe just for, for our listeners today, Han Street does it seem like many, many moons ago now when you set up there in the heart of Drahada? How long are you in the new garage at this stage?
13: We're on our 14th year.
2: My God, Michael, mm. doesn't time really fly by when 2005. you. 2005. I wouldn't never have said it's that long, but you have a beautiful garage up beside Tesco Extra there in in, in the retail park. How's business been? Let's start here. For you're you're a dealer that's in there you know, since the the first figures came out for 2019.
13: How's how's business been for Peugeot? Business has been very good for Peugeot. Peugeot, uh, they're up, uh, although the market is contracted. Uh, Peugeot have good figures and we're delighted with that. We have a great range of vehicles. The SUV range is top notch. So it is 2008. 3008, 5008, and we have new models now. We have a a new
2: 508 Fastback which is stunning. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And you have a Rifter, an MPV, and we, we're not going to f- forget the commercial people either today because the Peugeot partner, which is a standard uh, when it comes to vans, it, is new as well. Um, you mentioned just uh, before we leave that, the, the, the market overall has seen a little drop in Ireland uh, from the start of the year. Peugeot going very well and you're quite happy. Is it all to do with the uncertainty of Brexit, or a lot of it? I
13: would feel it's a lot to do with Brexit, that the uncertainty of the whole thing, and it doesn't look as if we're going to get certainty any time soon either. Mm. So it doesn't.
2: So uh, garages and dealers impacted big time by this. Yes, big time. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. It's a, uh, and we're all hoping across the board <clears throat> that things work themselves out there sooner rather than later. Peugeot, French. The French. What, what is the essence of Peugeot? What do you say over the years? What does Peugeot offer a driver?
13: Comfort, absolute <laughs> comfort. Yes, I Tony, really agree with that. The yeah. most comfortable car that you could drive
2: ever.
14: I suppose you could add diesel technology to that.
13: Yes,
2: car, yeah. Have. But the comfort it was always known for, wasn't absolutely.
13: it? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: And it still prides itself and maintains that that's a big U.S. big selling point for you. Absolutely,
13: big selling point on uh, its handling. Mm. You know, and as Tony said, the diesel, fantastic diesel engine yeah you've you led know? the way really yes, there in, in the yes,
2: advances as well Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. we've mentioned here many times that diesel is still huge and big and popular and that's reflected in, in your oh yes
13: it is uh, now we can see the changes the, you know the changes are coming mm. uh, it, we just don't know how quick they're going to mm. come in but you have to take every day as yeah. it comes. And
2: is that change you're talking about towards electric and hybrid and that type of thing?
13: Hybrid and electric, yes. Mm. We have our uh, first all electric uh, 208 coming next year. right? And we have hybrid at the end of this year mm. in 3008 and 508.
2: In those two models as yeah. well. This is reflective of
14: It's very interesting mm. altogether like, and uh, what, what is happening. But interestingly, I asked a question to say it only yesterday was the tombstone being got ready for diesel because their new Torocco is basically 1.5 petrol they have a petrol version will account for about 30% of sales but the diesel I reckon will account for 70% so no it's in their view diesel has a long long way to go and will be a major part of say it and within the, the group itself but then again as Michael said and we've said it also on this show there's room now for everything it's beautiful to have choice but Diesel, the diesel, the diesel five hundred eight, the diesel Peugeot that we're going to, they are needed. I said it, and I'm saying it again. For people that are driving long journeys to work or whatever, you will need the diesel until really things have improved dramatically.
2: Let's talk about the new models and start with one you mentioned a moment ago, which is the five hundred eight fastback. I have to say, when I saw this car, you heard the saying, "Take the eye out of your head, Tony," but this Peugeot does, doesn't it?
14: It does, and you know, like the way ca- saloon car sales are going, large saloon car sales, they're going only one direction, so they have they had been going down in a dip because the SUVs were, were coming up. Okay. But I think this Peugeot is going to be the saviour for saloons, uh, and you will see other companies and competitors working very hard because beauty is a marvellous thing, and mm. this is a beautiful looking car.
2: I honestly looked for it and I said, oh, that's a Mercedes. (laughs) (laughs) Mercedes. I honestly did, Mike. Without the price tag. Yes, (laughs) now, very important point (laughs) to make there. It's a superb-looking car, isn't it? But that has been the way of the world. People have moved to the SUVs. Oh, definitely. Will this, do you think, bring back the saloon?
13: It'll bring back some people to them. Mm. Uh, There is, as Tony said in an an incredible shift towards the SUV but there are still people that won't drive an SUV Mm. there's definitely people coming into the showroom every day of the week and they are looking for saloon not as many as you you'd like or Mm. hope but uh, you know this is a stunning car
2: you've seen it, you've seen it in the flesh have it up at the showroom (laughs) he has one there if you want to go up and look at it for yourself don't just look at it and throw sugar in it What's it like? What, besides the looks of the car, what about driving, the technology? What do you say about that?
13: Well, it has all the new technology that the 3008 and 5008 have, the eye cockpit and, and it has uh, automatic, manual. It, it has everything. It has
2: everything. What, so what engine-wise, how does it stand? Engine-wise, it has the uh,
13: 1.5 diesel and it has a 1.6 petrol. Mm. and it has them in automatic and manual
2: that so cockpit is. that he mentions there Tony um, yes. and I remember when you were reviewing the SUV car of the year Peugeot as well which <clears> one <throat> is that the 500 3008 eight, three eight, 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 eight. I beg your pardon yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 3008 you said to me you sat into that car and you thought wow so that's now in this new saloon. That's right across mm. the range nearly. Yeah. Isn't? It's, it is, in, yes. it's in the Rifter
14: too, I think, isn't yeah.
2: it? W- w- why, why did you say that at the time? What has that... You just call it a cockpit. You're well, uh, fly, well, flying aircrafts well, here today, well, you, Like
14: Basically, when you, if you go back to the 300A for a moment, you're kind of cocooned into a beautiful driving position. Mm. and You have this high central assembly to your left where the gear lever is and that. And the cockpit is different. You're not looking through the steering wheel, you're looking over the I'm steering wheel. Right and what it really reminded me of, like when I got my first car, the first thing I had to do was take off the big steering wheel, the Mini, throw it in the, in, the, in the corner of the garage and get a little small steering wheel and I absolutely love that feeling and that still remains nearly 40 years after but uh, things don't change too much. But what I also love about the modern thing you, Michael mentioned, it is even have a ski flap and that, that won't suit too many Irish people here in, in the in the 508 but you have marvellous headlamps available there and that's something I would like to see our listeners doing when they go into Michael or any garage is... To, to, not so much worry about the panoramic sunroof. Look, remember, we're, we're a country with half the year driving darkness, either to work and home from work. Look at the headlamp system for the sake of a couple of quid. It might be even standard, the top range LED lights. I oh, the LED lights. you have them. Yes. And uh, look at things like that. But it's, and look at the package. You're not going to need to buy a lucky bag. Look at the package. There's an option list there. I'm sure Michael will sit you down and
2: let you go through it. (laughs) What what price do they start at, the new uh, 508 Fastback? have your price there yeah, I have a price here with 32,400
14: euro okay. uh, is it, that's the standard price there. the lure is 34 which is nicely dressed and then you're up to the GT line and the full GT right up to 49,000 so you're nearly up there now in our country
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's take a short break on late lunch we're featuring Peugeot <laughs> and Holcroft Motors in draw today we're going to come back and talk about the MPV the Rifter and the new for you commercial guys out there people in small business the Peugeot partner Michael, you might take that question from a listener today. Does the 5008 come in a commercial?
13: No, Jerry, The 3008 comes in a commercial.
2: OK, so not, that's your option. Not the that, five. Not the but 5008. He, they do have the 3008. Let's move on to the Rifter MPV. Who or what is this car aimed at?
13: It would be aimed at families. So it would. you can have it in a five-seater or a seven-seater, You can have it in a standard short, a standard wheelbase, or a long wheelbase, and uh, you can modify it as wheelchair accessible and still have your three seats behind the driver, which is incredible. That's a terrific feature, isn't it?
14: It really is. Uh, Yes, who will buy it? Anyone could buy it. Uh, Taxi people could buy it people with, with a wheelchair requiring a wheelchair would buy it as they bought the previous one was a huge seller mm-hmm. uh, and for transporting people and transporting families it mightn't be you know the the, the, the the flash pan that you'd like to uh, I, what I'm trying to say like the, the Range Rovers of this world like you know but seriously will it carry a family in safety and would uh, with the I, I cockpit too with various models and prices starting at twenty three thousand five hundred and forty, it has already a lovely prize underneath as as Oscar as auto best two thousand nineteen best buy car of Europe. So to, to come out like that, it's a very sensible motor transport. Mm. Yes, mm.
2: so it's multifaceted use. But I like that thing for because people often struggle, you know, to if you're wheelchair, have somebody wheelchair bound. It's a bloody nuisance at times with vehicles. But this. Does it? The seats uh, are there, mm. wheelchair on board, and away you go.
13: Without going into a really large size vehicle. Yes, okay. And starting on 23? Starting from
14: 23,540 euro, plus delivery, naturally. Mm. Mm. So a
2: practical car...
14: Yeah, rugged, stylish, practical, comfortable. Like, uh, like we're going to be driving these cars next week, but I've already seen them. Like, you know. Yeah. So like, it makes for great sense and great reading, actually. And like the choice of engines to be a various choice of engines. That's something you will have to discuss with your dealer. And of course, the equipment levels too. And as the equipment levels rise, naturally the price will rise. But your your dealer, I'm, look. I know Michael is, but they will advise you to the best of their ability what hmm. suits you. It's like hmm. a good, as I said to you, a good drapery shop at nearly half from the Louis Copelands of this world to be able to fit someone with that suit, to fit them with the car
2: OK, let's move on to the commercial side of Peugeot and the Peugeot partner. My God, I'm sure if you had a dime for every partner that was sold in this country and in these islands and the world you'd be a, a rich, rich man It's It's been a real backbone, hasn't it Michael, for Peugeot It has, and the commercial for a long business. time, for mm. a
13: long time and this new model already has international van of the year 2019 which is hell of an accolade yeah it uh, comes in with that, that with that
4: yeah already
13: know. and again has our small steering wheel eye uh, cockpit which is unique to it mm. uh,
2: you're talking about two versions as well isn't there a standard in the partner and a long wheel a long wheel what's the difference mm. there or is that aimed at different market segments different people with different needs oh it is yes uh,
13: when you say it just adds extra length yeah. without going into a large commercial van, mm. you know, if it'll give you that extra length. Mm. Well. like for example like the big
14: thing to measure the the, the, the interior space of these vehicles is by pallets and will take two pallets so anyone in in, in, in business or anything like that yes. like that's what they're speaking about you know money making money now
2: Make we understand yeah. grains of sand and the universe with the previous guest <laughs> right. pallets kg from 650 to a thousand yes and the engine most popular engine in partner would be
13: oh it's the 1.5 you're you can have it in 75 brake horsepower or 100 brake horsepower Mm. but it is the 1.6 sorry yeah 1.6 diesel it it will be 1.5 from september of this year Mm.
2: people coming to you you obviously have a fan base because people when they have partners they tend to stick with them and come back to you what about other people who have other marks from other makes and that who may be thinking of upgrading You'd well, like to
13: talk to them? We'd love them to come and take a test drive. Mm. That's what we'd love them to do. We have a demonstrator there that we'd, we'd love them to take a test drive in it. So we would.
2: Commercials, big Tony. Important to people. The workhorse of the country. It, it is. They are actually,
14: yeah, the workhorse of the country. It goes this, tells you what the country is going like, basically. When you mm. see sales of commercial vehicles, you know whether sales are good, which are pretty good at the moment. Pretty good. I know they talking about Brexit now, that Sales of commercials are pretty good. Mm. And... Uh, and when you see things good with commercials, it's kind of saying the economy is on the up. And then, of course, the van driver, the van driver, let them be company or let them be self, self-motivated. self they're, they're a very wise people. They're people that do the homework very, very carefully because time down is a loss of money and reliability is huge. Worth mentioning too, Michael, I know you, you, you forgot, but automatically will be available in the, in the partner too mm. uh, with the 1.5 engine. So there's a lot to choose from there. Mm. You have such a range of cars,
2: Michael.
13: Great range of cars and commercials. Yeah, from Great the range. small
2: through to the big SUV, the saloons, you name it, and the commercial across the board. I have a question there, and both of you can maybe take this question because it's a type of a generic one. Now, it refers to Hyundai and the iX35. Jerry, will you ask the boys when they're with you, I'm thinking of uh, buying an iX35, but they don't make the model I know anymore. I think it's the Tucson. Am I right there? That's replaced replaced it uh, uh, on the message. at Tucson. Am I better holding off and going for the Tucson? Or have they a view of buying into a model that's no longer made? That's a very good question. What's your... Common thoughts on that.
14: Well, one, I don't know where you're going to get one. If there's one, if there's one in the backyard of some Hyundai dealer, I'd be kind of frowning in myself because it shouldn't be. Because Tucson is out there for Since the last number of years thousand, now, f- late 2015, yeah, best-selling yeah. SUV there. So I wouldn't be buying and spending me good money in something that's out oh, of fashion, really. I wouldn't have. You heard me speaking there about the Micro. You, you heard us about the Peugeot. Every year there's added technology, added safety coming into cars. So why, why? Go backwards.
2: Okay, so you, what you're saying basically is, and like you had this as the upgrade models, change models in Peugeot as well, Michael, are you better going into the, the Tucson is the current model now, better going down that road, even if you have to wait or spend a bit more, rather than going back to a model that's...
13: Definitely. Definitely better going forward and getting, as Tony says, the And would the you advise technology? somebody,
2: that would be your advice to somebody at they could, oh, yes.
13: Always. Don't be looking for an iX35, look for the Tucson.
2: Because when you
14: go, you always say the day you buy is the, the day you, the you sell. The day you buy is the day you sell. The, the iX35 is gone. <clears throat> the Tucson has been in there. So like there's no use kind of really talking about spilt milk. You know, It's been a good old car like the iX35. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. But you mentioned there, like, never going to the sale either with tunnel vision. If you're going to buy an SUV, although the Tucson is a top-selling
2: car, look at them all. Look at them all. Mm. Across the board. Even Peugeot. You <laughs> <laughs> he sort of had to say that today, Michael. He's, it a de- he's, he's a decent man. He, he'd always say it.
4: Yeah.
2: But in the overall, Michael, a lot of competition out there in the market. We were featuring one of your ilk each month here on the show, and we will have more with us as well. But uh, comp- competitive yet, you're you a sort of a family, the dealerships, aren't you? You compete, but uh, there's oh, there's yeah. a common...
13: You have to compete strongly. Yeah. But the dealers and DRA get on very well together. Having ran the motor show there for a good number of years, yeah, and uh, we helped out greatly for the FLA, uh, Taxi and all the people around. So I think there's a, uh, it's the right mix. Mm. It's competitive and we get on well. Mm. That's
2: so comfort technology the cockpit the range the commercial. It's going well. Uh, yeah, well, without
14: sounding like, do you know? A lot of companies be dancing the walls in Emmerich by just introducing one new car. Every motor and journalist, about 40 motor journalists next week, will drive three new Peugeots. Three new cars. Like, mm-hmm. And it's probably more around the corner. The other thing to say about it is, we really, and I suppose it should be acknowledged, that. To want a little bit of information, to want anything, the Gown Group and Peugeot are very nice people. You mentioned family. They are a family. They work very, very hard. They keep us up to date with, with all the materials and everything. And they never, ever lost professionalism. Uh, they're really, the fingers on the button. I, I have to say, I do admire them. I, I, I know Michael just to say hello to but mm. he's, he's working on, he's selling a product that comes from Gown Group and who the importers of Peugeot. Peugeot seem to be working very hard introducing so many cars and let me assure you that their Irish representative is definitely working very hard. Mm. Colin Sheridan brought me in at Christmas just just coming up to Christmas to say, come on, I want to show you this, Tony. Down to the garage building gowns. Do you know, I wasn't going to take any secret photographs. Show me the new 508 and what uh, a stunner.
2: And we reiterated that here today on Late Lunch. Anyway, Michael, wish you and everybody at Peugeot all the very best and continued success. Thanks for joining Thank us today. Good much. luck with the three new models next week. And good luck to you, Tony. You're in for another treat next week. <laughs> thanks <laughs> to the French in Peugeot. Until the next time, Tony Conlon, thanks a million.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.
2: Yes, Jerry, I've just cut my grass for the second time this year and it's full of moss. I think it's a problem all over. The dry summer last year and yet it's so virulent the moss growth this year with all the damp and soft winter has to be tackled a suggestion from another listener get sulphur of iron, iron granules delight, dilute them let me start reading that again have I got tongue tight get sulphur of iron granules dilute them in a small amount of boiling water then fill a knapsack with cold water and spray the lawn don't let the mixture get on the concrete or slabs as they'll go black grass will go dark green after a while rake out the mosque ask any golf course worker he'll get you a bit of that and you can use it yourself thanks for that one another one Jerry. if you don't want to use the traditional moss killer which is sulphate of iron which the other listener suggested you can use an organic treatment called Mobacter which is bacteria based does not require raking out and also feeds the lawn for three months safe to use it with no staining of concrete but should not be used until the temperatures reach 10 degrees I like that suggestion as well I will tackle it I promise you thank you very much for the uh, suggestion Suggestions this afternoon. Spring has sprung. The days are getting longer. It's almost time. It is time to get those seeds in, get sowing. We're off to the Knoll next. And the Queen of Green, Nikki Kyle. The days are getting longer. We're into February, heading for March shortly. And for gardeners, well, 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 the year is certainly ramping up. I'm with our go-to woman when it comes to gardening, especially organic gardening, Nikki Kyle. And I'm here in the Knoll have a little preamble into the gardening season it is exciting isn't
1: it? it it always is at this time of year jerry and everyone always sort of over orders seeds and i mean i do i'm dreadful i have to sort of keep away from the co- it's actually much easier to do that on the computer at least if you had seed catalogues you could sort of go through and mark everything you wanted then cross at least half of them out but nowadays you sort of you know keep pressing buttons and all of a sudden you end up with huge parcels of seeds arriving but it is very exciting and it's lovely to try new things and, and to look for to all these lovely fresh flavours and the salads and things you know so what
2: would you start with for listeners today you know if you've dabbled at this if you're a newbie to it even if you're experienced what would you be looking at at this time of the year getting seeds into seed trays or sowing
1: Basically, whatever you like to eat, there is no point sowing stuff unless you actually like eating them. I like to have something fast, so normally at this time of year I'm sowing radishes and loose leaf lettuces and that sort of thing. Uh, and that's what I've been doing. And I mean, there's lots of fast growing things that you can sow now that will actually give you a harvest in eight weeks' time. Particularly because the light's increasing, the warmth is increasing. Uh, even if you don't have a polytunnel, obviously if you have a polytunnel, you can do an awful lot more. But you can still do an awful lot in tubs and in pots and under a cold frame i did years ago before i had a polytunnel you know there's lots of things there's turnips there's peas for pea shoots there's um, loose leaf cabbages there's all of the oriental greens are very very fast Um, kale for baby leaves uh, as i say radishes uh, all kinds of things that that will actually um, grow very fast And there's actually a list on my website on nicky of a few ideas uh, for those Uh, other things you can do is watercress there's a pot There beside you, which I've rooted a whole load of cuttings in, that grows incredibly fast. And if you um, buy a pack of, of salads now, mixed salad with watercress in it, pick out the nice, fresh looking shoots of watercress, put them in water, and within a week, they'll have sprouted roots and you can pop them up. And after that, basically, you'll have watercress forever because it's actually a perennial, it's not an annual. And as long as you keep the frost off it, you can pick from it all year round. It's a great salad, very nutritious.
2: Now, potatoes and homegrown potatoes, you can't beat them. What should you look to or what variety of early potato would you recommend?
1: Well, the best one, which is easily available now, actually, is one called Lady Crystal. Um, years ago, you couldn't find it anywhere. But now most of the garden centres have it. Um, Jones, I know, in Donabate, had it last year. Um, and that's the fastest bulking up potatoes that there is. Lady Crystal will actually give you a crop of small, um, you know, egg-sized potatoes in about eight weeks. And after that, it just goes on producing. And you can save your own seed from those for next year as well, for, from some of those. But that's very fast. But any of the first early potatoes will produce a nice crop. And actually, if you start them off now, you won't get blight on them either. You can keep them going in pots, keep the frost off them again. You can um, possibly uh, plant them out in a tunnel or a greenhouse if you have one, or just... Pot them on into a bigger tub don't disturb the root ball just keep them growing keep the frost off them put a bit of fleece over them if there's frost forecast and you'll have um, if you plant them now you'll have potatoes about by easter i think just after easter mm. um, because easter's late this year so it'll probably be you know eight to ten weeks um, eight for Lady Crystal, 10 to 12 weeks for any other variety, and you'll have small baby new potatoes. Lash the butter on.
2: No, you can't beat it. And those spuds you get in the garden centre, if you're going by them now, they're not actually sprouted, so will that add a few weeks on? If you're ahead, and well done to you, you, are, if you have your potatoes sprouted at this stage.
1: Well, what you can do, and the quickest way to get potatoes to sprout, is not to put them on a windowsill in the cold and the light, like all the old-fashioned gardening people tell you. Put them in a box, in the warm, in the dark, under the kitchen table, because that's what they like. They want to grow uh, in the dark. Uh, And the reason they tell you to sprout them in light is just to get very short, stubby sprouts uh, or or, or chits. But it takes them ages to do that. And they'll sprout much faster in the warm, in a dark box under the kitchen table, then plant them and keep them reasonably warm. I mean, you can keep them in the house until they actually, well, if you're like me, you keep them in the house. Most people are too tidy. (laughs) But, you know, they'll be quite happy once they're warm. The warmer they are, the faster they'll grow. Then when the tops um, actually show above the the light, the, the compost, then they'll need light uh, so put them out then uh, in a cold frame in a greenhouse or tunnel, cover them with fleece again if frost uh, is forecast and within sort of 10 weeks you'll have new potatoes
2: now you being the Diane of tomatoes and tomato varieties and founder of the totally terrific tomato festival Our poor Rosada is no more. You cannot get the seed and there's nothing we can do about it. So where do we go or where does Nikki Kyle go with our recommendation for her finest tomatoes? Um,
1: Well, actually, there's another one. We were talking about this earlier, but um, there's one called Apero or Apero, which is an F1 hybrid. Sadly, you can't save seed from it, but it is prosperous possibly the nearest thing to rosada it's a little bit sweeter it's not quite as productive but it is still a very good tomato Uh, and if you like a meaty small plum tomato that's ideal but there's also another lovely tomato called blush uh, and that's reasonably new And I think, uh, I don't think that's an F1 hybrid. I think you could save your own seed from that. Uh, And it's a lovely pinky striped plum tomato with a sort of sweet, acid, nice balance, a really good flavour. And it doesn't split. It's a wee bit tough skinned, um, but it doesn't split because of that. And it's a very good tomato. It's very productive. That's a a really good variety. Spring onions, varieties, white Lisbon. Well, no, I I actually tend to grow the perennial ones, the the, the, um, Welsh onions which you just split up and keep growing you know Mm. and if you if you're naughty like me um, I shouldn't really be giving my secrets away but um, if you look for some nice organic uh, spring onions or scallions uh, in the vegetable shop or in the supermarket uh, and make sure that they've got as much root as possible on the bottom just as long as you can see the root plate which is the hard bit at the bottom where the roots come out and they haven't been cut off above that sit them in water for a couple of days in a jar. And they'll start to sprout roots and then you can plant them up into pots and those varieties that are now um, they're not the old fashioned spring onions. They're all uh, sort of Japanese bunching onions, which grow much faster. But they are basically Welsh onions. They're called Japanese bunching onions, but they're exactly the same variety, the same, um, you know, plant as Welsh onions. And they will go on forever. And you just keep splitting them up and you can cut the green bits off the top or you can pull a whole plant up, or a whole onion up if you like. But I tend to just cut them down to the base and then they'll sprout again.
2: My garlic and your recommended varieties, which I put in on the shortest day of the year, 21st December, are doing really well. And they're well up at this stage. And they've got the bit of frost, which they need. Is it too late
1: No there are spring planting varieties there's one called Cristo, which you can plant now Uh, any uh, variety that says it's for spring planting don't go and buy them in the supermarket or or anywhere else because you may be bringing in disease and you don't know what variety they are or whether they're suitable but just go to the garden centres look for a packet that says garlic for spring planting that's most important. Anything else? Well, you can buy pots of herbs in supermarkets and you can split them up. There's an article on my website about uh, growing basil by splitting up supermarket pots. Uh, It's very, very easy to do. That's a great way to get really early basil. But you can do that with all herbs. You could do it with coriander, parsley, flat leaf parsley and anything like that. Um, You know, you can grow sprouts, uh, sprouted seeds. You could grow microgreens, which basically is like we used to sow mustard and cress. You know, any seed uh, can be sown as microgreens um and just sew it on damp kitchen paper in a little punnet or something uh, and water them every day from the bottom not the top otherwise you may get disease um But uh, any of those are very nutritious. And and funny thing about sprouts or sprouted seeds or microgreens, they're far more nutritious at that stage than they are when they're grown up vegetables. Um, So, you know, the plant concentrates all the nutrients into the young shoot that's growing up. So they're really healthy. and, And you'll have those in a couple of weeks. You know, you don't even need to wait for Brexit.
2: What about broad beans and peas? I know you mentioned pea shoots there, but
1: broad beans, you're a fan? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love broad beans. I'm sowing my crimson broad beans this week, which I've been growing for about 40 years, uh, the same variety, saving my own seed every year. Um, But any of the broad beans, uh, peas, mange twos, Uh, sugar peas any of those now can be sown as long as you keep the frost off them Mm. now Uh, and don't sow them in uh, I hope nobody will be using peat compost because we shouldn't be but um, what I tend to do because composts even organic composts, can be too high in nutrients and the legume family peas and beans aren't very keen on that. So either mix the compost you have, and it must be seed compost, not a multipurpose or or potting compost, because, again, it'll be too high in nutrients. And mix, mix it half and half with some good garden soil or some good homemade compost. Uh, and that way it won't be too high in nitrogen, which the peas and beans don't like. Um, and uh, what I tend to do every year is when I've grown potatoes in pots, I save that old compost and I germinate my peas and bees in that. And I don't put any extra nutrients in and they're fine.
2: And you can. That's a very good tip and you gave it to me before. Start them off like that and then put them into the final positions as the weather gets a little better.
1: Yeah, well, you'll get them much earlier that way. If you you put anything outside now, I mean, would you want to grow if you went outside? You know, whether it's hens or whether it's vegetables, I think, well, would I like to be grown there? Would I like to, to be out in that environment in the cold and the wet? I mean, it would be eaten by slugs because you're not going to go out every five minutes and look for slugs, are you, in this weather? So anything else
2: before we finish? you want to mention
1: if you look at what to sew in february on my website nicky um there's a big list of what you can sew either inside outside in cold frames or in a polytunnel um this month and also underneath that there's the list of all the fast-growing things i would advise uh for, for um you know sewing if you if you're a bit worried that we may be short of salads and i mean you know a couple of years ago we were short of was it ice there was an iceberg lettuce shortage or something because it was bad weather in Spain um you know well and, and then last year the bread all walked off the shelves because of the snow I mean you know that's going to be in the hapenny place beside Brexit because all the lorries are going to be backed up at ports they won't be able to go through customs most of the the veg from southern Europe comes via Britain to Ireland and you know so the veg in supermarkets at this time of year is from Spain and Italy and and Portugal that won't be there. So I would advise folks, get yourself a bread maker. Hope you can use yours, (laughs) bread, Cherry. Make your own bread. The things that you like to eat, make sure that you'll have enough of them to tide you over for a couple of months while things normalise again because it will take a while. You know, I'm not going to cause panic in everybody, but it will take a while. And living out here in the country, like 35 years ago, whatever it was, our first winter here, we were snowed in for three weeks. It, it taught me a lesson and I always have freezers full of food. I've always got enough to, to actually keep going for at least a month here with nothing else. And the freezers, we keep going for a year.
2: <laughs> well, look, there's plenty of food for thought there from Nikki Kyle. Plenty of hints and tips. Do check her out, nickykylegardening.com and watch this space with Brexit. Will we ever see a day when that word just disappears from conversation?
1: Well, I wish it would because, you know, Gerry, we both live fairly close to the border here and we know how important it is to people up there. You know, the the commerce that goes on between here uh, and the north of Ireland is really important. And not only that, it's really important that the Good Friday Agreement is protected because peace is the most valuable thing that we can all have. So I really hope it won't happen. I hope there won't be a hard border. I hope that the British will stick to their word uh, and that they you know, there will be a soft Brexit. We'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, all we can do is be prepared and do the best we can and hope for the best.
2: Get sowing, get into that garden, bake that bread, become more <laughs> self-sufficient. That's the message Absolutely. today from yeah. the Knoll and Nicky Kyle. Thank you so much. See you soon.
1: It's a pleasure, Jerry. Thank you.
2: Yes, do. Get going. Get a pot. Do something little, plant, So do it this year, make a point of doing it. You'll love it, I promise you. I started when I was a little fella. I remember my dad giving me the first packet of carrot seeds, way, way back. Put them in and I'll never forget the pleasure of watching them grow. And it's stayed with me ever since and I just love, I love growing my own in the garden. A few raised beds in the greenhouse and you'd be amazed what you can turn out. John's been on from Navi to say, Jerry, get a steel rake and rip all the moss out. It'll look bad, your lawn, for a few weeks but the grass will grow back nicely. I'd probably have to over-seed, John, I suppose, then with a little bit of topsoil and seed And I know what you're saying as well. I'm leaning towards the Mobacter. It's organic. It doesn't have to be raked out. It'll do the job, but it has to be tackled. It really does. It looks green. Somebody said to me, ''Oh, doesn't it look lovely and green?'' Yeah, a green bed of moss, it looks lovely is right, but I want some nice grass in there for the summertime. Anyway, thank you for all your suggestions to late lunch this afternoon on my lawn and the moss and the grass conundrum. That's a lot on late lunch for this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Lots of guests and chat to come again tomorrow. But before all that, Eddie's up with the drive and do join us again for another late lunch, midweek, Wednesday at one thirty. See you then.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.